Dude, I've been, I, honestly, I've been really good. Yeah? <laughs> like, I've been going through, like, little slumps here and there, you know, but I'm, I'm now starting to take it as, I, I'm, I'm trying to understand that, like, you need to have duality in things mm. for things to even be experienced. And so I'm taking these, like, little low flows as, like, this is just a part of the process so that I can experience the, the, the better experiences because <laughs> like yeah. you can't have good experiences without having bad ones and vice versa and yeah. so Dude, I love I'm trying to be content with being in the low phases because mm. it's a difficult thing to do <laughs> how's it going? <laughs> I, I understand that so much because like I don't know there's often like when I hit those low points I'm sort of just like I don't know. I'm more pissed and sad that I'm in those low points than I am about whatever's putting me there. So when you like, I think when you see what you're talking about and you stop ruminating on it and you just sort of like let yourself learn from those feelings, it's a whole different ball game, man. Um, I don't know. I, I listen to a Russell Brand a lot and kind of one of the things he talks about is like the whole reason like our brains, um, have I told you about like our negativity bias as like human beings? Uh, I would like to learn more. So, I mean, pretty much simply, it's just like our brains are biased towards negativity or specifically things that evoke like fear yes. or um, uh, mostly fear just because uh, we specifically have to learn those things a lot better. We talked about this in our whole yeah, like yeah. lizard brain shit, right? Yes. So, um, so I was talking about how those negativity biases also in are kind of... The whole point of them is to learn, right? And we kind of forget that when we get in like real negative moods and things like that. Yes. Because we're more just getting consumed by it and like entrenched in it rather than actually like saying, wow, what is this that I'm feeling? Why am I feeling that? How can I learn from it? Um, so I think that's dope, dude, because like I've, I've been having those low points too. And that's one of the main reasons I, I hit you up now is I'm just like, <laughs> I can either sit and wallow in those low points or I can, you know, go and create content. Just be creative. <laughs> it's, I, I really appreciate you inspiring me, man. Cause like, I've, I've just been so afraid to create because I've been telling myself I'm not creative. Yeah. Even though, like you, even like you said, just like, we could literally just go out on a walk, talk, record it and put it out there and that's creating something yes and that just allowed me to reframe my mind to like do the things i enjoy and think of it as creating so i freaking love it dude i i'm really glad you said that yeah dude fucking really of course man oh that's what's up dude i really appreciate that man oh yeah but you're oh. feeling better now feeling better now yeah i like you gotta just show up to the plate and try to control what you can that day and like you need to understand your levels are going to be different Every day, like, if you're, you can't be running at 100% all the time. Yeah. Like, throughout the week, you can have, like, a day that you're at 60%, mm-hmm. 30%, yeah. then 70 then, like, 100 or, like, yeah. it's, like, all, you, you just never know what, how, how you're going to approach that day. Mm-hmm. And to make that consistently better, you need to work on a value framework and take care of yourself. Yeah. You got to focus on what you can control. You have to value more than you devalue. Because mm-hmm. that's a huge thing. Like, just simple things you tell yourself will bring you to that lower percentage for the day. Like, if you, if you wake up in the morning, you're like, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best. Mm-hmm. Or if you wake up in the morning, you're like, no matter what happens, I'll yeah, try. I'm gonna try. <laughs> or you wake up and be like, this day sucks. Yeah. And, and then and then you 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 convince yourself, you trained your body and your mind mm-hmm. to approach that day where like you are at a deficit. Mm-hmm. And so like <laughs> you can't convince yourself that you're at a deficit. Uh, and even if you are, that's okay because. There has to be deficits to be, to have good things. Exactly. Like you need to have contrast to experience anything. Yeah. And so being able to be comfortable and embrace vulnerability over time is how you're going to change your mind so that you are at a higher percentage because you're working on a value framework. I love that. And also just learning to value those lower percentage days. Yes. And kind of, uh, I, I think we live in a culture that sort of expects 100% all the time. And we've, we've sort of uh, internalized that and expected that from ourselves yeah. all the time, you know? And, uh, and it's so easy like, to think like, oh man, I'm only operating at 50% today. And we internalize that and say, I'm lazy. Yes. Instead of saying like, man, today I am just not feeling it. Yeah. How can I still harness what energy I have to do something that I value, that's valuable to me? Yes. And that's... Oh, that's something I still struggle with so much because it's so easy for me to be, be like, oh man, today I've already had like four things go bad and only two things go good. That means it's a bad day Yeah. and I got to stick to this, me thinking that it's a bad day today. I'm going to kind of just ride on that and hope that tomorrow gets better. And, uh, God damn dude, <laughs> it's, uh, it's debilitating because I think you don't, we don't realize that that's training us to just keep feeling negative about ourselves so that it's not even really going to change the next day. Yes. Because we're just still feeling it. Every time we wake up, we're just like, well, hopefully tomorrow's better. And it sort of outsources our autonomy to whatever's around us. We can only feel like we are, uh, you know, capable of doing anything as long as something good happens to us. Yes. And uh, it's sad. And that's what, like, socially is acceptable, right? Is, like... Good things happen. Every time you get on Instagram, you see people having fun. Mm. You see people that are successful. They're like meeting the marks. They're not having bad days. Like everything is this like perfect embodiment of like what is good. And that's all you'll ever see from that. That's all you ever see. And like you, you have to understand those people go through shitty days all the time, just like any other person. Like you have to have it to, for their, for things to be good. There has to be things that are not so good. Yeah. And so, like, if all you're seeing is a reflection of everyone is doing better than you, and then you have the, your negative bias in your brain, like you were saying, mm-hmm. our brain processes negative information over the positive. So mm-hmm. even if you were killing it. Yeah. So say someone, get, get, you just won the lottery. <laughs> you're like <laughs> women women want you men want you whatever like you it's you can pick good. anyone you want you know like you're you're in prime optimal health and then you stub your toe you know <laughs> like you're going to think about you stubbing that toe yeah cuz that that toe fucking hurts and, and you need to figure out how to not stub your toe again right yes 100% you need to learn from that right and like so our biology is catered to keep us safe to be alive. Mm-hmm. And so we evolved from creatures that were hyper paranoid, prioritized negative information over the positive because they were very concerned about anything that could possibly go wrong yep. to 
keep themselves alive and we originated from very intelligent creatures that's why we're alive Mm -hmm. and so we have to understand that our biology is still giving us all of these emotional signals that keep us safe Mm -hmm. however when we're engaging in like the modern day world it's we're still getting these signals but we don't really know how to process it. And we don't realize that we're actually living in a much safer society now than our ancestors were ever having to fucking deal with. Ever before. It's, yeah. it's insane like how safe it is now. However, we have information distributed in a manner that we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. With the internet, like anyone can like post ideas. And like we were mentioning before, our brain prioritizes negative information over the positive. So that's happening on those messages. All the time. All the time. That's why you, every time you watch the news, you're like, people are getting raped. Yeah. People are getting murdered. Like, sh- life is so dangerous. Terrorists, you should be afraid. Yeah. COVID, you're going to die. Like, that's why they only report negative news is because we're more inclined to follow that. We're more inclined to pay attention to that and learn from it and focus on it and yes. keep consuming it. Because it's just, it's, it's strictly speaking to that reptilian part of our brain or our toddler brain. Um, and, and, and most people are completely reactionary in their lives. There's this test that is composed by like a, a couple of psychologists that get together and they have this like mental test and they get 20 people in the same room and they have them fill out a long form, just a bunch of like personal information, just, just like tedious paperwork like red tape type shit, like yeah. stuff that we've all interacted with. It's like frustrating. Yeah. Um, and one there's, there's room of 20 people and one person is in the room that's in the test mm-hmm. and he starts, he or she starts like flipping through the pages roughly, like starting to act irritated. Oh, they, 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 they're resembling like devaluing traits and they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're being frustrated with like filling out this form. Trying to see if it would influence other people. Yes. And 40 to 60% of the people around him. No, it was 60%. 60% of the people around him started subconsciously showing shines of his same aggression, uh, his or her same aggression behavior. Ooh. And so like this means, and this is just strict emotion contagion. And we need this. Mm-hmm. Like this is how our, like going back to our biology, this is how we stayed safe. We need Especially multiple eyes, groups, right? Yes, we need multiple eyes and ears on the same situation. Because when we were hunting a predator, or if there were predators hunting us, we would need to have because we're tribal creatures. Mm-hmm. We would need to have everyone be on the same page 100%. to what is going on to keep us safe. So we had to be able to take that feedback and emulate it back, just so that everybody could understand they were on the same page. It's just a, yes, kind of communication, and we don't realize that that. That evolution has influenced the way we interface with our daily life. Yes. Oh, geez, dude. And so in that test, 60% of the people around that person that was having negative behavioral traits started subconsciously doing the same traits. And then when asked after the test, they're like, hey, were you, were you frustrated? These people are like, no, not at all. Like, what, are you, what are you talking about? They didn't even realize that they were emulating those emotions. Didn't even realize it. And then they were shown the videotape of them doing the same behaviors as the, as the person next to them. And so that means that half, half of all interaction is just solely reactive. And our brain prioritizes natural, like negative information over the positive. I believe that if anyone is like being very hurt and reactionary, like if people are frustrated, angry, reactionary, 
mean, belligerent. Mm-hmm. It's every, like, they're only doing that because they're projecting. Like, anger's a masking emotion. Mm-hmm. And I believe anyone that, that attributes those things is very vulnerable and hurt. Yeah. And they're just afraid. And, like, our brain, if you get angry, it func- like, anger functions as a stimulant in the brain. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like literally taking drugs. Like you feel a little more empowered. You're just like, yep, I'm going to get this. You you get ramped up. And so in that moment, you temporarily feel less vulnerable. And so that means that everyone, most people are just so hurt and reactionary. uh, And they don't even understand it. And they're just, they're just reacting and reacting unconsciously. Like half of the interactions are not mindful. That's wild. Cause like. Oh, that just kills me. And, and it, it makes you... I, I like knowing that. I like knowing that so that I can actually interface with people who are angry. Because it's hard. I mean, for one thing, we sort of become reactive real easily too. And we sort of emulate that anger back because we have to match it. Or we become submissive and scared and try to, like, back yeah, off, right? Fight fight, reptilian brain, yeah. But, like, it really throws people off when they're pissed. And you can just be, like, calm and loving and understanding. Because then they're just like, well, what's happening here? I'm supposed to be dominating you or, like... It, you know, sort of exerting any sort of force over you to feel more comfortable about myself, and it's not working. Yeah. And that's, uh, oh shit, dude, that's so wild. And it makes sense that they're, um, it just makes sense how anger is so easily reactive, and it becomes sort of like a, a tried and true response for a lot of people. You know, those people who tend to be angry more often, um, I don't know, it just, it feels like, it's sort of a, a comforting behavior for them. Yes. Yeah. We're creatures of habit. Yeah. And we, 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 we literally become addicted to our thoughts. Yeah. Because our thoughts are familiar territory and people are yeah. so afraid of, of interacting with the unknown. And so it's yes. easier to be resentful and it's easier to be angry because naturally it's just easier to do that because of the negative bias in our brains. Yeah. Uh, and also because like it, it requires no um, adult brain thinking. You're, you're seeing everything from a subjective one-person interpretation, your simplified, own. A simplified version as well, yeah. Yeah. And when you're using your adult brain, you try to get in the minds of the other people. Yeah. You, you try to see your experience outside of your own head so that you can see how other people are feeling in the same... Uh, Experience because yeah. it's different. Because, like, even you and me on this talk right now, I have a completely subjective, different subjective experience of this event than you do. Yeah. But even though we can still share similar themes, it's not always going to line up the same because we're two different, unique individuals. And yeah, so, do you think? Do you think it's probably a lot harder to be angry if you're going to, you know? get in the habit and train yourself to think as someone else or think for someone else in a way, kind of like what you're describing where you, you get out of your own subjective thinking. Do you think it's just going to sort of habitually make you less angry? I think that all we are is our habits, good and bad over linear time. Yeah. And I think at any moment you can start to try to change your habits. And I think in the beginning, It's much more difficult to try to assemble a framework of value than it is to just be reactionary. Because that's our, it's like water 
goes down the path of least resistance, right? Yeah. And so it's very difficult to start. And that reactionary pull is evolutionary, evolutionarily programmed. It's very strong impulses. Very, very so strong. So that's, that's why it's so hard to make these habit changes. Yes. Yes, 100%. And so it's very difficult in the beginning. But once you start acting out of a value framework, once you start being so reactionary, mm-hmm. you're going to start to see results that you want to see in your life. Mm-hmm. Because, because they're your well, values. Because That's what you're doing. Yes. I, I've actually really, really liked that. Because um, last time I talked to you, there was something you kept saying. You're like acting from a value framework or embodying your values. And I was like, okay, that's cool, but like, whatever. And then I was, I was really like gestating on it and like really thinking about it. And I was like, of course, because most of the time, if I were to actually take my behavior and like look at it and be like, is this what I want to be doing? Is this what I actually think is right or good? A lot of the times it'd be no. It's like, no, I was just kind of like freaked out and didn't know what to do in that situation, you know? Yeah, you were freaked out and didn't know what to do. Exactly. And in that sense, you're in the flight or fight. That's, that's where you're at. You're in flight or fight. And so it's understandable when you said you, you, you weren't really thinking about it. And it's because most of our interactions, if we're not actively trying to be present with our thoughts, that's how life pans out. You're yeah. just reacting. You're scared. Exactly. And you're just doing things that are expedient to keep you safe. Yes. Because, yeah, that's what we're evolved to continually do. And so that's why it was like... It was just so eye-opening for me to frame it in that way, the way that you, for you to frame it in that way for me, because like it it allowed me that next level of mindfulness, where like I didn't have to hate myself for reacting in a way that I didn't value, but it was easy to catch when I wasn't and change the course oh, yeah. and start actually identifying my values and embodying them, because like I don't know, it was just such an important way to frame it for me, um, so that I could just really start. Like I said, changing my val- changing my beliefs and my behaviors to make sure that I am going through life in a way that I actually think is right instead of being reactive and trying to um, sort of justify it, yeah. right? And I, I think people don't realize that that's what they're doing. And that's why a lot of value sets can change from really traumatic events to really reactive behaviors because they don't realize that they were just scared, hurt, because they didn't really know how to react, how to, they weren't being aware and mindful in that moment. And then they had to justify it to themselves. And then they start really changing their behavior to meet that justification rather than the values that they truly want to embody. Hell yeah. I think uh, you're picking up on some really good points. I, really, like, I think that most people, when they have thoughts, they think that those thoughts are their identity. Yes. They think that the thoughts that they have in their head is their identity. However, it's not at all. Like your thoughts that pop up in your head are just a happening. Yeah. Just as you're hearing this audio, <laughs> my sound waves coming to you. It's a happening that you cannot control. Yeah. You can't control any thought that pops into your head. So why the fuck? Like you don't identify with the sound waves. You're, you're not like, you don't hear my voice and be yeah. like, that's me. Yeah. So why would you have a thought in your head and be like, that's me? when you don't know where it came from right like if, if you just if you a lot of time, everybody will have a thought at some point in their life that's like well why the fuck did i think that you know like that's that's weird that's bad and so it's easy to sort of identify with that and be like oh shit i'm bad i'm weird um oh dude that that was something that 
was a big shift for me. I mean, when I started meditating daily, one of the things I learned was, you know, obviously your thoughts are not you. And so I, I was able to like not identify with my thoughts and allow them to pass through and not let it like hurt me. But at the same time, kind of what you said earlier, actually exactly what you said earlier, thoughts as addictions, kind of like not only was I identifying with those thoughts, but I was feeding off of them. I was consuming off of them, you know, and needing them to try to figure out who the hell I am. Yes. And like, I didn't realize that that was harmful for me, especially when like most of those thought loops are repetitive. They're recycled. They're the same shit, never being challenged because they're only in my head. Right. Yes. And like, I can't remember where I was going with that, but I just, that, that was such a pivotal moment for me. Like, choosing to make a change in my in my life by being like I don't have to sit here and go through this imaginary argument in my head for half an hour working myself up when it's just the same recycled argument that's never actually going to happen because nobody's going to cope with those thoughts except for me right and uh, it's so important I think yes I I 100% agree with you man Uh, you said something really important you said that you would have these thoughts and you kind of, I, I feel that you were mentioning you're going down rabbit holes of thought. Oh yeah. And it lasts for like, oh, yeah. like 30 minutes to an hour and you're like yeah. in this cycle, right? And you're yeah. just like thinking all these things. What's fucking nuts is when you're stressed, cortisol is released. Cortisol is the stress chemical. And yeah. when the stress chemicals release, it diverts blood flow, blood flow from your prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. to your amygdala. Uh, your flight or fight, your your fear, flight, fight response. And so that's the thing that you need to be alive. So it makes sense that our brain naturally provides blood flow to the area that you need to, to be alive. Right. And if we're instigating those situations with negative thought patterns that are really not relevant to our experience, because like most of the time I'm having these rabbit hole thoughts or like, you know, mock debates in my head. I'm just out on a walk. Like, why am I stressing myself out going into this reactive fight or flight response when it's completely unnecessary and it's just harming me overall? Yeah. And you engage with it so much only because we're creatures of habit and that's familiar territory. Yeah. And so like we were saying earlier, um, to start to try to change your habits is very difficult at first. But once you start doing it, then that becomes habit and it starts to become the familiar territory. And so you can start to change your dialogue over showing up to the plate and trying to act on a value framework to change what your your movie is or your dream. Yeah. And I think that's something cool about that, 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 what that made me think of is for a long time, I sort of like, uh, I, I would just like fear habit in a way. Um, mostly cause like, I was like, Oh, habits are bad. Like when I think of a habit, I think of like smoking, biting your nails, something like that. Yeah. So like, I was like, how do I avoid being habitual? How do I be completely just like non-habitual, which ended up really just being reactive and then I would just revert to my true habits. Yeah. But I think reframing that and thinking like, what habits do I actually value? What habits do I actually want to maintain in my life and nourish in my life? Um, then it's easy. I think it's easier to start making those habit changes. Yeah. And you brought up a very, very good point when you just said, I used to think that habits were a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like that's our brain naturally (laughs) prioritizing the negative over the positive. And when you hear about habits, you do hear about smoking habit, drug habit, all these habits that are negative. And so that's where your brain naturally goes to. Exactly. And it was, it was so easy for that to take control of my life. And it was so easy for that to make me fear any 
change to my habits and actually a preferential like selection of my habits. Yeah. And that it, I didn't realize how detrimental that was to me. It's, it's wild. Oh, man. Whew. That's the sound, dude. <laughs> Do you like the wall? Yeah. Honestly, I've actually been up here before. Oh, you have? Okay. So we climbed. <laughs> Holy we, shit, dude! We really? We did it. We did it. You did. We 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 went a much better way. Yeah, this is <laughs> yeah. a lot hella we easier. Just like mobbed it up this oh, fucking hill. Oh Jesus, dude! And we weren't even able to get to this spot because it was too tall. Too steep, right there, right? I was just right there. Oh <laughs> like, dang, dude! Yeah, and right when you get right up to the side here, you can actually yeah. climb up and stand on top of that. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm it's super easy. It. So <laughs> hell yeah! And I uh, I brought a. Uh, a, a joint if you want some Hell yeah <laughs> Hell yeah dude oh, <laughs> This is great dude This is great ah, This is what's up dude I'm so glad we did this man Like, this I am is too I, I'm really happy that you're That you are so willing to To just do this with me Like um, I really admire how Like How you're able to just kind of like I don't know Create You're able to just kind of say like Yeah Fuck yeah let's do it Why not You know um, So I appreciate you coming out here with me And uh making it happen because this is this has been a big this honestly this right here is like a huge first step for me just because like my the past almost two years now or at least ever since i graduated college has just been okay i'm working a job to stay alive because i know it's kind of what i'm supposed to do and i have no idea what i'm supposed to do yeah (laughs) and i like and so I've just been kind of like, shit, I, like, this is all I'm really good for is just doing this menial job, this repetitive job, and uh, I guess that's all I'm good for. So it, it was just like really feeding a depressive state. And this, this decision, you coming out here with me, has, is so great. Like, so great. So thank you so much, man. You're I really welcome, appreciate man. it. I, I honestly just saw a good reflection of values from another person. John specifically was the one that was like, dude, you, you, you have value and you can create stuff. And I'm like... I'm trying to trying to like think about those thoughts and trying to change my habits of like the dialogue that I tell myself mm-hmm. and like I found that those values were values that I can like hold my own and like share that with people because it's well, something yeah. that's really important. Yeah, dude. God bless John because like <laughs> yeah. I mean, Lord knows that like he goes through so much shit and yet he's able to like really every time I hang out with him he's building me up. Yeah. And like, and I can tell he builds you up too. And he like, I think we're building him up as well. Yeah. And I, I just think that's so beautiful that even though he can, the, all of us can really just go through our own struggles and still like build each other up. And yeah. I think it's fucking beautiful. It's really, really important. Right, and like, right. like in the brain, like the way you prioritize information, well, not compassion is the only thing. Compassion and kindness are the only thing that heals like emotional wounds, mm. like resentment, betrayal. Yeah. Anger. The only thing that can heal that divide is being compassionate. Yeah. And so no matter how hurt you are in yourself with your own compassion or having compassion from someone else, heal it for you. So I like to think of like compassion all around like this. Like I I think that we should stop thinking about emotions being to us and like other from other. other, So I think that the compassion you show to others, you also have to show to yourself. Yeah. And so I think that it's easy for us to be like, Oh, it's very easy to like try to be nice to another person, but I hate myself so much. So it's very difficult for me to be nice to myself. And so we have to start thinking about all the values that you would have to have a relationship work. You also need to apply those same values to yourself. And it's very difficult, but 
to have a good relationship with yourself and to have a good relationship with any person, you need to be kind to yourself. Like when a plane is crashing, you have to take care of yourself first before you take care uh, of, of the person next to you. Yeah. And so like the best way to help people is to help yourself in a non-selfish way, but you need to take care of yourself so that you can take care of other people. Yes. And it's, it's really, e- I think it's really easy for people to kind of be afraid of, of helping themselves. At, maybe just out of fear of like seeming like they're too, I don't know, like egotistical or um, maybe self-centered or whatever. But in reality, but it's just like what you're saying. Like, how are you really going to help other people if you can't extend that compassion towards yourself as well? Um, and like, it also makes me think like, how are you supposed to be compassionate to people that embody those things that you are not being compassionate to yourself about does that make sense like yeah. you know like oh i hate how i do this and you see someone do that how are you supposed to show them compassion if you can't even show it to yourself because you've already made it a habit that that's the dialogue that you have yourself and so like all we are is our habits over linear time and so mm-hmm. like if that's all that you know you you know nothing else in, yeah. in, in a way because you haven't like seen the the contrast on the other end so if you're telling yourself you're shitty all the time you're not telling yourself that you're good and so when there are situations to value, mm-hmm. your brain just might not know what to do because yeah. you're in the habit of these negative dialogues. Oh, that's that's been uh, I, kind of like when we were uh, when we were hanging out last time, and you, and you uh, you were like, yeah, I'm trying to you know not be afraid of like taking a picture of myself and you know trying real hard not to just like write it off. I don't know. I'm kind of that that really resonated with me for. Um, just for the reason that, like, I'm allowed, I kind of had to tell myself that I'm allowed to like that about myself, or even like, I don't know, I'm kind of speaking nonsense right now. No, I don't think so. I think that you're onto something for sure. I think that you're mentioning that, like, how. I think you're noting what your brain is, is processing, and you're noting that you're processing information that of, of like you're devaluing yourself yes yes exactly so like you have to notice you have to start to notice what you're telling yourself and that's the first step is just to become aware of the thoughts that you're telling yourself and so you you were you were saying exactly what you needed to say <laughs> and I, I think something that i sort of what was cool about you doing that and kind of showing me to be like that was that like Maybe I'd, you know, take a picture of myself and be like, what am I doing? Like, ew, you're so cringy, blah, blah, blah. But, like, if I saw you do it, like, I wouldn't think that at all. So it's like, why am I not extending that to myself, you know? It's like, I'm allowed to be this way, feel this way. Yes. So I thought that was, it was, it was really inspiring. I liked it. <laughs> Good, dude. I really, really appreciate that, man. I think that once you start to embrace vulnerability, mm. then that starts to become familiar territory. Oh, yeah. So you're, you're starting to think about the thoughts that you push aside that you don't want to think about because it makes you feel vulnerable. Yeah. And our brain naturally tries to, to not think about the things that make us vulnerable because that's because you can't feel vulnerable in an environment where things are trying to eat you. Yeah, you really. Yeah, for sure. And I think. As like as men, we sort of have a, another hurdle of vulnerability, where uh, we sort of resent that in ourselves. It's sort of seen as like not just not just a vulnerability, a point where someone with nefarious intentions could come in and, and harm us, but it's all like 
it in itself, that vulnerability is weakness. And so we sort of have to deny that part of ourselves, I think. Yes, I think you're talking about one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in my entire existence. And it's understanding my emotional signals and it's understanding our core vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. And so to males or just people with high testosterone brains, because you can see the same dynamic in anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, People with high testosterone brains, they have this core alarm of shame. And, And shame is a motivating emotion to do better. And why we have this is when we were hunter-gatherers, if a male, specifically because males have typically more upper body strength on average than, than, than women do. And it doesn't mean that women don't have upper body strength or lack, it, or, or lack of. It just means that on average, when we're, when we're grouping a large amount of people, that's just the traits that we see on average. Um, and so our shame is a motivating emotion to do better. And why we have this is when we were hunter gatherers, because we have more upper body strength. If a man did not protect women and children from being attacked and murdered, like they should feel pretty damn bad about yeah. that because those people are incapable of doing that themselves. Yes. And they're, <coughs> and that's like socially enforced in that group too, because we sort of, uh, were everybody had their own group or at least like micro group that they felt responsible for at yes. least in, in these like hunter gatherer societies where men were predominantly like the caretaker the or not the caretaker but you know the the protector the in, physical in protectors mm-hmm. of predators yeah that's really what it is and so men have this core vulnerability of shame so like we were saying our emotional signals or like this dialogue that we say uh just like i was mentioning before that when you have a thought in your head it's just an alarm it's just like a happening it's just like hearing sound waves yeah you have no control over it and so we have this primal alarm that's constantly telling us that we're not doing good enough Uh. that we we should feel bad about where we are because we need to be doing better we should be somewhere higher in the hierarchy Mm. because where we're at is not good it's a we're at a deficit and so we need to work to make something meaningful so that we can be at a higher place within the hierarchy and with, like just within ourselves. And we can either let that control and debilitate us or we can let it motivate us. Yes. And so if you start to, if you start to hear these thoughts and you don't identify with them, cause like when you have a thought in your head, those thoughts are not your own. So you can't, you can't say that like, this is me. And like most people try to avoid shame thoughts because they start to identify with, identify with it, with their whole character. Yeah. Instead of sort of saying like, Oh, I wonder why this shame thought is arriving. I wonder why this shame thought is existing. What what is it about my life that I feel inadequate? What do I do I want? Do I actually believe that? Do I really believe I am inadequate or is that just something maybe that's like you said kind of a or in this sense it would be like more socially prescribed because there's there's a lot of shame that is sort of prescribed onto us. Yes. It's like, "Oh, you should be ashamed of that." And it's like and then we start to have we uh, we learn that and we keep repeating that and had that feedback loop and then we don't even realize that uh, that's not actually something we believe in you know yes it's not even something we that we want to let control and motivate us yes and and, and until you start to unless you note that thought that's always going to be the familiar territory in which you exist yeah and so until you like that's why you need to be mindful i see yeah unless you kind of uh 
uh, transcend that thought and allow for another space to exist with it, you're going to be stuck in that. Is yes. that kind of what you're saying? 100%. Oh, and yeah. we're completely reactionary humans, right? Yeah. And so, like, it's, it makes sense why people are stuck in this rut for decades or a lifetimes. Yeah. I mean, it, that's kind of heartbreaking to think of how many people have, have been stuck in that and are being st- are, are stuck in that for their entire lifetime. Yes. Like, uh, and I, like, I'm so grateful that at age 24, I'm like yes. learning these things. Yes. Like, Fuck yeah. We got, we got a leg up on it. <laughs> we do. And, and what's fucking awesome is our brains don't fully develop until like 28 to 30. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're doing, we're doing what we need to be doing right now. Hell yeah. I'm so, I love that. Um, <coughs> trying to think i had a thought or a thought happened upon me (laughs) (laughs) i lost it though that's okay funny funny how we can be simultaneously addicted to thoughts and then we can also lose the ones that we actually fucking care about yeah and this this is what i think too i think that when we lose thoughts our brain naturally prioritizes negative information over the positive and we think that that's something that's very valuable right we lost something of value but I think that if it's a good thought, it'll come back around. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so you have to, like, you can't, yes, you can't just, like, put yourself in a deficit and, like, bring yourself to a lower vibration to be like, oh, this shit is bad. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, that's what I'm, that's what I'm classifying this experience as, my, me losing this thought. I'm going to devalue this situation yeah. instead of being, like, promoting an abundant vibration mm-hmm. and being like if this is a good useful thought it will come back around because yeah. thoughts are just happenings right mm-hmm. and if, if if like i continue to to try to embody a frequency of abundance this might come back to me yeah and so like e- even in that sense now you're classifying that experience as something that's valuable yeah rather than just devaluing I it i think um that's something that like i felt was super valuable that i learned from meditation was just not like not the necessary not the essential goodness or badness in in anything but the fact that we qualify it that way or that we perceive it that way so like when we sort of like like you said in any situation even just something as meaningless and stupid as losing a thought right um we can easily just be like oh fuck i'm gonna classify that poorly i'm gonna let that hurt me and diminish me when in in actuality it it has no true goodness or badness it's how we perceive it and we can easily and like learning that you have the ability to shift that is immensely liberating like all of a sudden we're just like oh shit i can actually like experience something that is like maybe bad to me maybe it hurts me but i don't have to let that color the entire situation the entire experience for me that's like i mean obviously it's not easy or in, in any means and like i still struggle with it yeah uh, it's um but like it's not a lot of people know that they're sort of if something feels bad it is bad if something feels good it is good instead of actually being able to understand that how we're coloring it in our perception is going to influence our behavior in the future too yes i think that you nailed what you just said on the fucking dot we get to choose what experiences mean to us yeah and we get to create New experiences that we want to have. We're all reflections of the all or Mm -hmm. God. And we all have, like, we're made in the eyes of God. Mm -hmm. 
we're a reflection of creativity. Yes. Of creating environments. And you can do that just with your fucking words, bro. Uh, like, you create so your reality so just choosing to be like... And that's, that's, that's what, like, to see in the eyes of God is to see good and bad, right? And to yeah. choose, willingly choose, to do better, to yes. do good overdoing bad because in any situation in any moment if, if someone's driving a car at any moment they could they could turn the steering wheel get in a wreck cause massive pileups but they choose not to do that yes it's good like you watch any fucking movie good always trumps over evil yes. like over time like the goodness in things outweigh the the negatives because like if 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 things didn't work symbiotically with each other. Nothing mm-hmm. could really exist, right? Yeah. And so, like, love or, like, doing good is the thing that creates cooperation over linear time mm-hmm. with ourselves and with other organisms and with yes. everything existing on this planet. Yes. As in our human experience, it is better to embody this these versions of what we believe is good and love because ultimately it's protecting us. It's healing us. And uh, it's allowing for growth. I, I, last time we talked, I fuck, I fucking loved it when we were just in the cave and you were talking about this similar concept. And you're like, dude, you could pick up a rock and kill me right now. Like you could do that if you wanted to, and it would change everything. It would change your entire life. And I was like, like you forget how much power you have in every moment, and how much like how I literally could just radically destabilized my life in a second just because I decided to kill you, yeah! you know? <laughs> and uh, it was it was cool how that morbid thought ended up being very empowering just because of this concept because we really can create our our reality we can create this meaning too and and if we understand what is good and they understand that we can do that then we I think we will do that we will create good because a lot of times when I talk to people who sort of believe that like there's evil in the world and there's um so it's so easy or i often hear from people like the world's a bad place the world's a terrible place and so they don't really understand that yes there is bad out there there sort of has to be that's the only way we can understand what's good yes but like we don't have to let that justify and dictate our behavior and experiences just because we know that there is bad out there because we also know that there is good so why don't we choose those experiences and i think once we realize that we can understand how empowering that is and how we can actually fucking change the world and make things better if we don't just buy into these negative emotions these negative reactions and shit and like it's beautiful it's beautiful to finally kind of understand that and to be honest i didn't really understand that until you this conversation yeah, until it like elucidated it and just bloomed, you know? I love that, man. Oh, that's what's up, dude. <laughs> uh, and like, it, you, I, I think that you said something very, very important. I think that you said that people see bad in the world and they identify it and they classify that as what is known in their territory. So they're like, I see yeah. bad in the world. I have people react to me. So the world sucks. Yeah. And, and so that's what I'm going to classify this experience of the world sucking. Uh, and, 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 and like, because I deal with that. Yeah. And so, like, if I'm rude to you, it doesn't matter because that's the way the world works. And yeah. fuck you. Because, like, I'm hurt, so you should be hurt. And so, like, yeah. if we identify that, if, I, if, we, if, if people really start to think about what the implications are to that thought, they might not have those thoughts. Yeah. Because just because we've seen horrific shit happen, like the Holocaust, doesn't mean we're like, oh, well, the, the Holocaust so exists. The Holocaust we're going to do the Holocaust every fucking day. Let's get <laughs> 
every fucking people in here. We're going to kill all the Jews all the time because it happened once. And, and that's what I identify with is what exists in the world. And yeah. so, like, we're just going to continue doing that. And, like, it's okay because it happened and that's the way the world works. Yeah. And it's like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't fucking work like that. That's why we stopped the Holocaust. That's why we stopped, like people from encroaching on territories and, and, and trying to control people we've we've seen this time and time again in history and that's why we need to know where we came from and why we do the things that we do so that we can prevent these things from happening again it's but just like a cultural uh, a cultural mi- uh, mindfulness like it's just a it's like this collective mindfulness that if we just allowed that to happen, then we, we wouldn't be identifying, saying, hey, the Holocaust happened, and it's likely to happen at any time, so we should always be preparing for that. Or we could say, hey, the Holocaust happened, and it shouldn't have. And we can actively make sure that it never happens again. And that's uh, beautiful, because I feel like from this conversation, I've been seeing how I, how I have to do that on an individual level, and I think it would just be so cool if we could achieve that on a cultural level, on a collective level. <clears throat> and, and I think we're hive minds, and like we said, mm-hmm. like, we're very reactive, right? Mm-hmm. 60% of behavior, like, yeah. and so in compassion and goodness, like, in the brain is the only thing that heals emotional wounds. It's the only way to combat that reactivity. Yes, and so if we can just embody the frequency within ourselves, mm-hmm. that's the only thing we have control over. Yeah. And the only other thing we can do is be nice to people. Yes. And, like, oh, I love that. Because I feel like often if you if we do try to say, like, yeah, love and kindness, just be nice to people, it's like... Everyone can say, like, yeah, that sounds lovely, but we still have to deal with shitty people, right? Um, shit, where was I going with that? Um, I might have lost it, but that's, that's okay. okay. You do still have to deal with shitty people, yeah. and that's the thing. And so the only thing that you can control, just just because someone's shitty to you does not mean that you have the right to go be shitty to another yes, person. Yes. And so you Why get to— Why is it to- so easy to believe that? Why is it so easy to believe that, oh, they were shitty to me, I can be, and I should be shitty to them? Because it's what keeps us safe. Anger is a masking emotion, and anger is very useful. Why, why did we evolve with anger? Because we can't be vulnerable in places where things are trying to eat us. Yeah, yeah. And so we need anger to exist. Yes. To exist if in this fucking... trying to kill me because they're angry, I need to get angry to make sure they fucking don't. So right? I live. <laughs> so I can live. That's the whole thing. Oh like, it's crazy. And so, like, yes, people are going to be shitty to you. And yes, it's difficult to be nice to people when they're being shitty because our brain prioritizes negative information over the positive and yes. it's easier to react. However... You have the choice to dictate what experiences mean to you, and you have the choice to value rather than devalue in any moment. You can value rather than you devalue the situation. You can see this person being an asshole and be like, I have the right to be an asshole to everyone I see or to the next person I see because I was hurt and I'm vulnerable. Or you could say that the situation for what it really is is that person's a very hurt scared person just like you are and that person is emotionally projecting because they're in pain Mm -hmm. and even though you 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 hate the idea that they're embodying Mm -hmm. of being angry because you know that because you've been there yourself yeah you can be compassionate and be like "I, i i give you the benefit of the doubt because you're a human and we choose to embody bad ideas and like what's familiar territory to us is what we're going to act upon. Yeah. And so you must have a familiar territory that sucks dick, bro. Yeah. Like you must be in, in a hell. You must be living in hell right now. Yeah. That's the thing. Like hell in, in, in like heaven are existing right fucking now. Mm. It's not a place you get to. It's, it's like at any moment, are you going to choose willingly to live in hell 
or to live in heaven? Are you going to be a fuck? Are you going to be reactive and hurt and have cortisol trick your brain into in, into just being safe that you don't really believe in? Or or are you going to 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 take accountability and responsibility for your actions only? And 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 then choose to value rather than devalue because you know that valuing is the only thing that breeds cooperation over linear time Mm. and you want what's best for you over linear time yeah and so that's what you're going to do to to receive that abundance in yourself bro like god dude i love that so much mostly like just kind of the idea that like it's you can change that that negative reaction coming at you just the, the way that you i like how you said sort of choosing to value it um like and also just choosing to value them as a person just using that compassion to heal that and understanding like wow if you are reacting this way towards me yeah you must be having a shitty time all the time and like i don't know how do we how do we communicate that with people though like how is it if someone's like getting pissed at me how do i go fuck like you must be dealing with shit like, am I supposed to, I don't know. I feel like I put this pressure on myself. Should I be like, oh, I need to help this person now? Yes. Or is it, how do we sort of heal and grow from that situation, but not having to buy into their life in order to try and help them feel better? Yes. I mean, depending on the, like, the investment of this person. Like, if someone's just cutting you off in traffic, obviously you fucking can't do that, right? Yeah. Um, and then if it's, like, your girlfriend, like, you probably want to try and mend that relationship. So I guess I answered my own goddamn question. <laughs> I, I do have some thoughts on that, though. And I think that the first thing that I notice is that what, like, you're wanting to help that person comes from the core thing that it really exists, love. Love triumphs over evil. Love is the only thing that breeds cooperation over linear time. And so you want to just help that person, but you cannot. Yes. Everyone has to go through their own hero's journey to change their experiences because you can't change the thoughts that they identify with in their head. No, you can only change the thoughts that you identify with in your head. Oh. But what you can do is you can be nice to that person. Oh God. It's so simple. It's, I love that. It's like, I feel like you just answered. just like, just don't be a dick back to him. And it's like, well, no fuck. Of course. I love that dude. Sorry. Continue. No, you're good. That's exactly the point I was trying to make. Yeah. The only thing that you can do is change the thoughts that you identify with in your head. Understand that our brain prioritizes negative information over the positive. And afford this person that same, that same experience. Just saying like, yes, they, they can feel this way too. Uh, their anger right now is something not, not – or those thought patterns is not something I can change. But maybe by being nice to them, uh, I can allow them that to grow. And hopefully they can feel – that vulnerability with me after being treated kind after getting angry so that they can just grow to, so we can grow together. So it's just like, oh shit, this guy actually cares about me. He doesn't run away. Oh shit. And, and so, and so what we're, when you do that, you're changing the familiar territory that they oh engage with. God, I love that. Oh my you change God. the familiar territory that they engage with. So you just being nice to them, not being a reactionary person, like 50% of their interactions or more. Yeah. Um, you start to change you, you you provide them an opportunity to get outside of familiar territory oh. and then they start to change their thought patterns on their own I love so that. just being nice to someone is the best fucking thing you could ever possibly do because it changes their familiar territory and then they can go through their own hero's journey to be like 
this person was nice to me when I was mean to them, and they start to question why. Why is this happening? Yes. Why? Like, I, I like that result. That result made me feel good, and I, that result makes you feel good because you know, biologically, because we're an ancient organism, that cooperation is the best thing for everyone to have over linear time. So, here's what I love about this: that you're kind of just elucidating for me. It's just like. If someone is angry at someone and obvious, like for a lot of people, that's going to cause like like 60% of people is going to cause reactive behavior. They're going to get angry back or they're going to get scared or afraid or run away. So then they sort of tell – they have this uh, – how, how did you phrase it? This common experience, this uh, familiar, territory. familiar territory of – I'm expressing anger. People leave. People just leave. That's what it is, right? But then if they express, they express this territory, expecting to get, oh shit, this person's angry back at me. Oh, they're running away from me, um, and they all of a sudden get kindness. Then they, they, like you said, they have to incorporate that into that their worldview now. And what I, why that, the reason that I like how that elucidates that situation for me is because like, what one of my first thoughts to that is, um, so what do you do with people who? <clears throat> who take advantage of that kindness who then realize oh i i actually have a way of or maybe they delude themselves into thinking i have a way of controlling this person i can get mad and they show me love and kindness and i don't know like especially people who just don't know how to deal with that right who don't know how to process kindness what what do you see? I think you're speaking to exactly what happens with most people. Like most people are in – like a lot of people are in emotionally abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. And that dynamic is because that person has started to identify with those thoughts of like this person's now being kind to me. How can I take advantage of that so I can yeah. feel good? But like – but yeah. get – and like the only way that I got this was by being mean and I got this reaction. And so that's what I think I need to do to get the same reaction. Okay. And then, and then they just by like by sheer – nature of reality they can't just keep engaging with you negatively and get the positive feedback back eventually we will leave right yes. and so i think it's cool that if you if we can initially show kindness it gives them that opportunity to change and, and the more and the more the more times people are kind that becomes familiar territory to them mm-hmm. and then they might start in, in also embodying those same behaviors yeah and also i Ideally, they're react. They're in a reactive state. They're most likely in a reactive state. So maybe if they're experiencing a reality that's positive, kind, loving, then they start to react to that state and learn to react that way instead. And it, and it takes a long time because, like, what we were saying earlier is like our our uh, our brains when we're stressed, the cortisol is released, mm-hmm. and cortisol directs blood flow from your prefrontal cortex your ability to see things in their whole to your own subjective experience and so when people are being reactionary it's kind of like like not being able like only like so imagine you have a pair of glasses right Mm -hmm. and if you're only thinking through your perspective lens one of those glasses are broken oh yeah and so and so how are you going to rational like and so like in the moment of your glasses being broken because you're only viewing things from your perspective Mm. Um, you, you might not be able to get the full lesson because your brain is in a state only seeing one thing because that's what you need to do to survive. And so that's why you need to continue to see reflections when you're in that binocular lens, because it's so hard to be in the binocular lens in the beginning at all. And so like everyone's in their monocle lens. And so like, you 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 have to to continue to see receive reflections all the time and they have to be overwhelmingly abundant and it, it's like it encroaches on the territory of being ridiculous yeah. but that's the only way that you can 
capture people's attention when they're in that binocular lens so that they can identify and want to change for themselves and go through the hero's journey. I love that. Here's, uh, here's the phone real quick. I just oh. need to put my backpack on. I'm sorry. No, yeah, for sure. And uh, one thing that you said that I actually um, I really liked oh, don't, oh, so I wanted to kind of point to this, um, was sort of the way that if you're looking through this binocular view, this, these, with these binocular lenses and you have to, uh, just what you said explicitly about, you have to think that their point of view is broken, that their point of view is like inherently wrong. Um, what that kind of reminds me of is actually the way that the ego works right is that um specifically oh man this might be sketchy (laughs) Um, so specifically in this in this like instance that i'm trying to think of um if just bear with me here we're in this like egoic reactive state of being angry, right? So we act out. We don't realize that we're acting out. We don't realize that what we're doing is actually anger. And then we all of a sudden experience anger because we fucking piss someone off. What the ego has to do, what the ego tends to do, I should say, is it takes that negative behavior and says, that's them. I'm experiencing them doing it. They're the problem. I'm not the problem. And like, so when you said that, you have to sort of see their glasses as broken. That's what I thought of. Is that like we sort of have to push that they are wrong, that their worldview is completely incorrect and mine's right. And then when we see someone who's agreeing with us, we're like, yes, okay, <laughs> their glasses are working. We're all good now. Yes. Oh, shit, dude. Yes, I love dude. that. I love that. All right. Thanks for letting me get to that. Of course, man. <laughs> we might need a fucking Oof. Let me uh, let me see if I can turn on. Uh, oh yeah, if you have a flashlight on your phone, that would be very helpful. Dude, this whole conversation has only been fifty-seven fucking minutes. Are you for real? I'm not kidding. Look at the fucking time. Oh jeez, dude. Dude, time changes when you you get outside of familiar territory. Yeah. I've been so in the moment this entire. Well, I guess I mean we are on a mountain, but at the same time, Dan. Oh. I've been so engaged in this conversation with you, and I fucking love it. Me too. I, I honestly forget that we're watching him. We're, like, doing something, like, going down right? this thing hard right now, you know? <laughs> okay, it's it's like, crazy. Oh Actually, I need a bee lizard brain right now. Yeah, for real. <laughs> for real, dude. Yes. <laughs> Climbing down a mountain in the snow. <laughs> I didn't realize there... I didn't think about how much snow there would be up here. Ah! It's been so warm today, man. It has been. It's been awesome. Oh, hey, this link fence is right here, too. That's yeah. perfect. Sorry. That's nice. Give me some light. You are the band? Oh, yeah, dude. I'm so happy that this fence is right here. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> Alrighty. We did it. And I think this is something really important, too. People don't understand, like, this, what we're doing right now, is we're learning territory in our, in just our physical form. We're learning physically right now, walking down this fucking mountain. Like, we need to engage ourselves physically and mentally. And so, like, just doing this is your, we're we're working within the unknown. I've never walked this path before. (laughs) So, physically... We also need to uh, approach the unknown. It's really important. Yeah, dude. I think, I think uh, 
That's why you got to show me some hiking spots sometime. Yeah, I've done these quite a couple times. Yeah. But I love that. Sorry, I'm just going to try and light this. You're good, my friend. Yes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> 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 I love that. Because uh, I've definitely, my whole life, um, I don't know, I've been very, I, I really only operate in the realm of the unknown for me. Um, my family, we tend to be very, like, traditional in a way. Like, literally traditional. We make traditions about anything. Because just knowing that, like, something we're familiar with, with is going to happen something that's familiar familiarly whatever that is consistently good and a positive experience we sort of look forward to that a lot yeah um so my whole life i've been like oh i can't just go on some random hike like i've never been there before what the fuck am i gonna do you know but lately i've i've I don't know. I started doing that physically. I started exploring more. I started getting excited about hiking and, and just going to places that I've never been before and like learning. And I think that's actually provided me the opportunity to do that mentally and emotionally too. Hell yeah. Um, Hell yeah. <coughs> <coughs> do you know any good hikes around here? I do. There's actually like Dry Canyon. We can go up to Stewart Falls too. Oh yeah, uh, that's a good one. There's, there's this really cool hike in. Ple- uh, have you ever been up like to Stewart Falls? Yes, I have. Nice. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty good one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty rad, man. I love it. Um, I want to go back to what we were you were mentioning a, a little bit earlier. Oh, oh, oh uh, yes. traditions. Yes. You, you were mentioning that your family. Uh, like to do traditions because it made them feel safe. And so like yeah. traditions reliable, in ways, reliable yeah. thought patterns or mm-hmm. habits like a tradition is just a, a culturally accepted habit. Yes. It really right? Is. And yeah, so like yeah, yeah. so like that's something of very high value because traditions or habits of being if you consistently show up to the plate to do those, you're going to have a better life. Yeah. And so traditions, is, it's just another reflection of what you experience in your head. Oh. As above, so below. Dude, like, I, I love that because, well, one thing that that brings me back to is that I've actually been thinking of those traditions. I've been thinking of those behaviors that my family would have as negative. So I kind of thought of the just the nature of having traditions was negative. But I like how you framed that because now I can see how you can actually use tradition to embody values, right? To embody, yeah. embody things that you actually believe in. That's really dope. That's Sorry, suck, I think I cut you off. No, no, no. You did not at all. That, that's exactly... The, that's what's up, dude. That's perfect. <laughs> I don't know. What kinds, of, what kinds of traditions should we be embodying and what kinds of traditions should we get rid of? I don't know. For instance, I guess the ones that I tend to think of is like my family will hike the same like five or six hikes every year. Okay. And I, I guess until just literally right now, I kind of thought that that was, oh, they're scared to engage elsewhere. But I'm like, no, maybe they're just trying to continually experience these positive things. Because those hikes are dope. Yes. Like, like, it's a good thing to do. And we, I, Like, I'm actually now looking back fondly on hiking with my family <laughs> every year, right? Like, and that was just something that's important to me. So, 
I love that. And and you're you're, you're totally touching on everything you're saying. Like, our brain prioritizes negative information over the positive. Yes. And so oh, this, <laughs> this has just been the familiar territory that you've known. And so you shouldn't oh. blame yourself. Oh, my God. You should not blame yourself at all for having any thoughts because at any moment, you can just change those thoughts. Oh, that's so beautiful, dude. Oh, man. Because it's crazy how, like, now, now that you say this, I am now remembering times that i think about those traditions negatively is because i was already in a negative state and i was just i was i was sort of closer to those thought patterns so i was just reinforcing them and then like when i'm in a positive mood i'm like yeah i love i miss this hike or something like that then i start remembering them fondly yes yes and so emotion like so as above so below you, I think you oh, yeah. just ta- described how your thoughts prioritize negative information over the positive. Oh, God, <laughs> like, it, oh, no, 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 Emotional reactivity of your thoughts. Because yeah. you said, that's what you see, that's what you reinforce. Mm-hmm. That's what they, people see, that's what they reinforce, as above, so below. The same way that those people are getting upset in the test is the same way that your brain prioritizes negative information when you're trying to describe an experience oh, God, of life. Dude. That's so wild. Um... And I guess I've I've also like I've also known about this. Um, oh shit! I can't remember what it's called. It's a psychological phenomenon that's pretty much just like if you're in a bad mood, you're going to remember the, like memory A in a negative way, and then if you're in a positive mood, you're going to remember negative memory A in a positive way. And uh, isn't so- it crazy that we have the ability to control? the experience of our past to create oh, what we think of as our past that's wild ah, it's and, fucking nuts. and we also don't realize that we're doing that we don't realize that like um that we're coloring it that way so in that moment we're letting that be truth we're letting that just be like that's how the experience was it was negative i'm going to continually let it influence let it influence me negatively in that moment and not knowing that is very debilitating and we don't realize it Yes. <laughs> Dude, that is insane. I'm so sorry. I like I did not hear exactly what you had just said because my mind was still at the point of thinking that we have the ability to control what we or we we have the ability to control what we think of as our past. Yes. Just as we have so, the ability to create what we think of as the present and yes. the ability for us to create the future. Yes. We are reflections of God. We are God. We can change. We can create. We're just in a subjective experience of the all. As is all of God currently. As is all. <laughs> I am God. You're God. Uh, the, the person's listening to this is God. This Fucking, phone is God. This phone is God. It's a reflection of God. <laughs> that's crazy. How? That's nuts that you just described. Like when you're in a positive mindset. You can change your experience of the past. Yes. When you're in a negative mindset, you change the experience of the past. What- we have the ability to change the experience of this current moment. I could push you down this mountain. You could fucking die. Like, and then in like the, my future thoughts of like, I want I want to be doing this with my life. We have the ability to create our future as well. Like everything is in our control at any moment. Be present. Control it. I fully 100% agree with that. And I actually want to, because I've been wondering something in myself. Um, so when I, I, I uh, tripped on mushrooms with my cousin, right? And one of the things like we talked about in during that was like, I was like, we are God. And what was interesting is that when like, 
even though we were both on this substance that like sort of dissolves barriers of individuality. So I kind of thought that what he would think is obviously we are all one, so we are all God, right? Like God is just everything. What came into his mind was he was like, he was like, oh, I'm God in this limited state. He's like, oh, I'm just like, I'm not actually God because what his conception of God was is someone that could just raise a mountain, could move cliffs and yes. stuff like that. And I feel like I've talked to you about this before is I'm like, I so 100% agree with you that we can do anything, that like we are God and we do create our realities. And then it's like, but whenever you tell someone that, they're like, then why can't I just move a mountain right now? Well, it's because the familiar territory of the idea of God is that he's a man that can do anything at the at the click of a finger oh. and completely dissolve, change everything. That's not within the ability, that, within the framework that actually exists. Yes. And so, oh my God, so God doesn't exist in that way. In that way, no. At least not right now. Or at least that we know of in yes. this experience. Cause like, well, if if there was one person that can that could feel and control everything, and, and, and you prayed to and actually got responses back, that's not how it actually works. And mm-hmm. we over over the billions of years of evolution, shouldn't we have seen signs? Oh, that yeah. that's the way that God interacts. Yeah, wouldn't we not Why see do we have signs? To convince people of that. Yes. So do, we have seen signs of like. All the Bibles are describing is homo sapien interaction, oh. homo sapien thought patterns, and that's what we've seen and experienced over time. We haven't seen one man. Yes. We've seen how we react when we choose to create value over and devaluing. How, how how we see hell in the Holocaust. Oh. How we create things. That's why the Bible is brought around because it describes human interaction, and most people can't conceptualize complex thought because their IQs or just their ability with their familiar territory can't grasp those concepts. And so they have to be described in ways of, of, of Joe and Sally walking through a garden because our, like that would be the easiest way to to describe complex phenomena to people that don't have, uh, that are not well read. Yeah. And honestly, um, kind of what that tells me is it's like, I mean, think about it. We only really use, the existence of God to explain things that we can't actually understand. It's just like that's totally with outside of the realm of our familiarity, right? And and, and the, uh, the the engagement with the unknown is God. Yeah, God exists. Oh. Unknown exists. The oh, unknown shit. exists. So does the known. Oh, control that's... what you can control in the reflections of the good God. Control what you can control in the moment. <laughs> but like oh. the, the the idea of God being the unknown, that's true. Just yes. as much as it's true that God is the known. Oh my God, dude! That's blowing my mind right now. So I, I got, I gotta like retain this. So, oh shit. Okay. So what you're saying is the way that we use God to describe the unknown as well as the known. Kind of just re-elucidate that for me, because like. So I don't want to lose it. Okay, so like we were saying, like that God is not this one person, right? God is a reflection Everything. of the all. Yes. And so that's why the stories are told the way that they are. Because that's what's true, and that's what mm-hmm. we can see, and that's why these stories are brought with us oh. so that we can learn from them. Oh. However, and people we don't have even, we don't even sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. We don't even realize that what we're doing is superimposing an image of ourselves, not because that's the way it ultimately is, but that's the only way we can understand. And that's how we are trying to embody those ideals is by creating this this image of God. <clears throat> can you can you 
say that one more time. I'm really sorry. No, you're good. Um, <laughs> maybe we're too high for this. No. <laughs> but what um what I was saying is, is you you were saying how when people are describing God, they're sort of really just it was sort of the way that they're like narrativizing the unknown or like maybe they're narrativizing the own that they just the the known that they can't explain. Is that what you were saying? I'm I'm still confused. It's I'm okay, very dude. sorry, my no. friend. I really appreciate I, you. <laughs> Thank you for letting me be vulnerable because I really want to understand what you're saying. Okay, perfect. I, I appreciate I, you wanting to understand because I can't tell if I'm just speaking gibberish. No, because I'm also you high. <laughs> you're good, but, dude. So here's what, here's what I'm wondering. So when when you say oosh, the, the way that people are using God, when you're saying that they're telling stories, what like I what I think you're trying to say is that they're sort of they're making narratives about certain aspects of known, like the known reality that we just can't explain. Right. So I feel like they are. So that, that interaction right there is like that interaction of trying to explain the unknown with something that is kind of known or narrativized. You're saying, I'm thinking that is God. Yes, I think that the description of everything is God. Yeah. Every single thing. And so, but we have to understand that we're tribal creatures and what did we do to survive? We, we, we coexist in tribes. And when we tell stories about our experience, we tell them in, in the experience of this guy was very mean to me today. This Sally was a bitch today. Yes. <laughs> Michael was a dick today. Sally was very nice to me today. Michael was very pleasant with me today. That's how we describe our experience. And so why would we not describe that experience in stories in the same way? Of crazy complex concepts that we can't even truly fathom. Especially, especially very primitive human beings. Yes, 100%. Uh, that's why it has okay. to be described that way. Okay. It has to be described that way. Okay. It's something that's so complex and crazy. And like, like it's just talking about these crazy thought patterns that... We can't even really wrap our minds around because most of the time we're looking through that half-broken lens. So how are we supposed to see the true reflection of stories when we're always looking through that lens? And like you need to have your like that's why people study the yes. Bible their whole lives yeah. is because they they know that their mind is not going to always perceive that or uh, absorb that information in the same way. Okay. And so, like. God is everything. God is, yeah. God is just like what God is, is just the, the, the description of experience yeah. through the homo sapiens lens. Yeah. That's all it is. Okay. And so God is known territory. I know you, I've known you for a little bit now. So now you're, you're, you're familiar with me. There's so many people I don't know. That's the unknown territory that exists simultaneously. It's all the same. Oh, and if everything's in a wave, right? Matter yes. cannot be created or destroyed. Yes. Um, Quantum time doesn't work the same way as this time that we're perceiving does. So in quantum time, the way the world actually exists is everything is happening all at once. Everything is a wave, a vortex. Everything. So things are like being born, existing, dying simultaneously. It's all happening in quantum time. But we don't experience that because we're experiencing linear time. So what is solidifying this linear time within quantum time? Who knows? Maybe God or experience (laughs) of everything wants to be like... What would it be like to just to do this, just do this in this thing? And I have infinite create. I, I can create whatever I want, and so I'm. I'm going to see the contrast in everything. 
I'm going to see the contrast in everything because that's the only way that anything can be experienced because everything is a wave, right? So that's why this entire experience is God. Is God. You're God. I'm God. It's not. It's in like people, people just are familiar with God being this all known creator thing because it is. Yes. It is. It's all known. It's the thing that, it, but it's not, it's not a man. They're just, they're it's not a man thinking and interacting with you. It's, it's, it, God is, is everything, everything known, everything in your head, everything in my head, everything in your head, listening to this now. Yes. Everything is you. You are God. God is known territory. God is unknown territory. Like, it's not a man. It's not a man. I love but so God exists in the sense that good triumphs over evil. Mm. And we've what, seen that in... Look at mean, history. Do you mean by like... What, but what do you... When you say that good triumphs over evil, what is this inherent good that is triumphing over inherent evil? How many rebellions... Have, how, how was the United States found? Uh, rebellion, yeah. Rebellion. It was triumphing over ideas that caused oppression. Yes. That's what it is. That's what the triumph of good over evil is, is that when, like, and look at every single movie you watch. Mm-hmm. Who wins? The, the good guys. That's a narrative. That's, I feel like that's, that's a... Uh... That, that's something that we create because that's not because you know a movie ends we don't see what happens after that right yes so of course they're going to have a, a happy ending where good triumphs over evil yes and like I, I get what you're saying where it's like we do see rebellion crop up but you have to think about or at least what I'm thinking about is like we can inherently say that oh that rebellion was good because they were embodying values of denying oppression denying tyranny but at the same time in order to enact this rebellion and enact this shift they have to engage in oppression and tyranny so what i'm asking is 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 there ever really any inherent good triumphing over any inherent evil yes let me go back to what we were what we were talking about while we were up there when we were talking about being nice to another person ah, yes, yes. that is like so so if so compassion and kindness are the only thing that heals emotional wounds, right? Yes. So that means like and, and like we can see that psychologically in the brain and we can mm-hmm. study it too, which is cool. So we can actually see like like we get actual like oxygen flow to certain areas of the brain. We're like, yep, this is what's working right now. Yeah. Like if you're nice to people, your brain like your brain will prioritize that information. So we yes. can study it. We can like we like we so in that sense, that's what I mean. Good triumphs over evil. Okay. There's always going to be shitty people in the world. There, there it has to be. And you can't have good people without bad people. And so, like, I it's it's not like you can't have it, this force without opposition. I, I feel I I think I know what you're saying, and I think I also mischaracterized what you were saying because you weren't necessarily saying that the act of murder and like threatening rebellion is inherent good you're just saying oppress or denying oppression and tyranny is this inherent good and the dominating force to overthrow that is good dominating yes evil the holocaust stopped yes 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 i love that and there okay. was there was bad things in or bad things in a sense of like if there's a bad person you need to be bad to that person so things stop happening yes you can't just allow people to have people continually be gassed. And if that person is not going to stop because it's the only thing they know, it's the thing that they really, really believe in, yes. like, like you, you, there, there may need to be consequences for that. But that does not mean that murder is justifiable. And it doesn't mean that that is how it's supposed to be or how it's always going to be. We just need to understand that we should be 
allotting power to those who want to do who want to be nice back to pain, ba- nice back to anger, right? Yeah. Or, or just show that compassion back. Because, uh, like, I mean, I don't know. It's easy to say, like we were talking about, like, oh, the Holocaust happened. So it's going to, like, it could happen at any moment, right? But it's not, it's not that simple. The Holocaust happened because people who were hurt, people who were uh, vulnerable and neglected were put into power and had the opportunity to do horrific things yeah. and then justify it to themselves. So what if we, instead of organizing ourselves in a way that we're going to prepare like the Holocaust could happen at any moment, so we want people that are capable of doing the Holocaust back to them, we should say, <laughs> why don't we fill our entire system with people who want to make sure that the Holocaust never happens again? Not by doing Holocaust to people, <laughs> yes. but by learning from that and not causing people pain do you see what i'm saying yes i I think that you're you're describing exactly what we were talking about earlier is that people need to control their own emotions and work on what's valuable over over devaluing because then it gives that like so like we like we were saying about when you are mean to when you are always engaging in familiar territory of being reactive and hurting people people hurt you you hurt them you're not going to see an opportunity to value someone because maybe that's not where your thoughts are. Yes. And so when you say band together with a group of people, it's just a bunch of individuals taking the hero's journey to uh, choose to value over devaluing and uh, be kind to other people so that you can give them an opportunity to see something different so that they can change their own behaviors. Uh, and allow so, that to be our rebellion, yes. a rebellion of kindness yes. instead of fucking massacres and murders. Ooh. Yes. Okay. And, and so like, like, so the only thing that everyone has control over you, our- me, this person listening to this right now, the only thing that we can control is ourselves. Yes. That's it. That's the only thing you can do. Yeah. And, and, and that's yeah, it's okay. Hard. It's hard to do even that sometimes, but that's like what we have and we can fucking work with it. Yes. And then that will give us an opportunity because now valuable thoughts are familiar territory. And now when we see something valuable, we can act on it. When yeah. we see something valuable in our community, our community is dirty. We can act on value and clean up the community. We see people that are being raped and, and like people are getting away with it. We can change the laws because that's not what we stand for. Yes. We can start to change things by changing ourselves the only way that we can do that is to change our habits because that gives us opportunities to not have broken lenses all the fucking time so we can see the world for the way that it is and we can fix it when we need to oh dude i love that because like i don't know every time i think of like ways that i don't know i think the world should be changed or i think the way the world should be better like it's easy for people to be like how are you going to get everyone to do that and it's like i can't I can only do that myself and hope that people feel the same way and want to do it too. And that's, and that's how we'll change. And if people realize that we can do that, that everybody can make that choice to want to do better, then we can fucking do it. And it like we were talking about, yes, I'm so, so sorry. The same thing we were talking about the test, mm-hmm. emotional reactivity. Yeah. Uh, emotion contagion, I mean. Multiple yeah. eyes and ears on the same situation. Yeah. You can control yourself. You start to control other people because you're a reflection of something uh-huh. good. And they will, they, humans are mimicking creatures. Yes. We see something good and we're like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to do that too. Yes. That's why there's trends. That's why shit goes viral oh, because fuck. we mimic each other's behavior. So the only thing you can do is be kind. Uh-huh. 
And then that allows other people to see that behavior and then mimic it that themselves. Yeah. And so, it just affords them the, the ability to be kind. I, I love that. I love that so much. What were you saying? No, that was it. <laughs> oh, you said so. Um, but, like, I, I love that. Um, because it's not necessarily we're trying to control them. It's just that, like... It's the only way we can make things better. The way that everyone, I mean, ideally wants to be, right? I, the, I, like, you couldn't really ask someone, like, hey, if you had the chance to change the world for the better, to embody the values that you believe in, would you do it? And, like, no one's going to be like, nah, that'd be stupid. Like, of course they'd be like, yeah, I want to make the world the way that I want to see it. And it's like, then let's fucking do it. Yes. And the only way we're going to find out how to do it is by trying. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> you're all- watching other people doing it and evaluating that. Like we were saying. Yes. And I think that every single human being that is engaging in anything is is doing it because they feel that that is what is good. Yeah. The Nazis were doing something because they thought that they were cleansing the population, doing something good. We need to to feel sympathy for for those people in those situations, not because we're justifying their actions. No. Not at all. But we need to understand that they're human too, and they're just trying to do what's best for them. Yeah. And like we, like you were mentioning earlier, like in, in, in work, they, like you're complete reactionary sometimes, and you don't know what you're doing. You're just trying to feel safe, and so you just react. Yeah. And that's what those people were doing too. Yeah. They were just doing that. Like we, we, like yeah, like uh, it's so easy to just classify someone as being completely shitty. But yes. that's not that's not it. And Everyone think- is good and shitty. Like yes. Hitler. Like we should love Hitler. We should love Stalin, not because of what they stood for, but we should love them that they were a human. I love that and that can th- be taken out of context, but I fu- I fully agree because like if we can't af- if we can't afford that to other people, if we can't allow ourselves to say, hey, like. If we can't show love and compassion for Hitler or Stalin, then what we're doing is we're sort of denying that possibility in ourselves. We're denying that we could potentially, um, you know, like we're denying that we could potentially become a Hitler because we can become a Hitler any moment, any moment. Any of us could could start speaking crazy ideas, get people to emotionally react and and start to fear monger because it controls people very easily. It's super easy to get people riled up because people want to feel safe. Yes. And that's not because we, we like that or we, or we think that those are like traits that should be valued, but we understand that that is an aspect of being human and we can't overcome that without being aware that that's within us. Yes. We can't overcome it unless we're aware that that is what is within us. Every single human has the capability to be fucked. Fucking like Mother Fuck Teresa, up. like or yes, like exactly. or or Anyone Hitler. Can be Anyone <laughs> can be Gandhi. Anyone can be Buddha or Hitler. You can be Buddha or Hitler. Like you, you can choose at any moment to what value set you want to embody and and, and, and vibe that frequency. And at any moment, you can create that. I love that so much because, like. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Hitler had no idea that he could be, or he caught, clearly had no idea that he could be Mother Teresa. I think he was he was engaging in his own un, or his, in his own familiarity. He was only reacting within that space, and he saw that he was benefiting from it. So he he kept it and he maintained it and he worked to maintain it. And that's literally all we're doing at any time, right? If we're in a reactive state. So I think that that that. In, in Mother Teresa and Hitler, like, everyone's human. We all do bad shit. Yes. So, like, even Mother Teresa's not the best. Even Hitler's not, the, like, the, the worst. You know, yeah. like, um, we... Or that there is no worst or best in one person. Yes, we just use Hitler and Mother Teresa as is, is, is concepts to describe good and bad interaction. Yeah. 
And that's that's all it is. They're, like Hitler's a go-to to be like, that's a bad way to interact with the world. Yeah. Like, exactly. and we use Mother Teresa's like that's a good way to interact with the world. They're just yes. they they've now become stories just like God is a story in the Bible. Or or, or, or or angels and demons or stories yes. in the Bible because they're just describing human interaction. So when we're talking about Hitler, we're describing human interaction in a negative, oppressive way. Yes. When we're describing Mother Teresa, we're talking about her human interaction in a positive way. Yes. That's it. It's just a reflection of them, but everyone has that reflection. Yes. And I truly believe that even Hitler and Stalin, like, were doing things because they felt that that's what they needed to do. Yeah. And they're human. And, like, they're hurt. Yeah. And, like... It, like we can't justify people's actions because it's horrific and, we, and it, it has nothing to do with that it, what we're talking about is we need to understand that that human is embodying an idea and yes. that that human is a human and is god yes. and is like has the power to create and like we need to value what we can value and we can value human existence oh, see i love that and it kind of makes me think that maybe maybe using Hitler and Mother Teresa as a way to embody these ideas is maybe in uh, in a way damaging because we're sort of seeing it as being able to be embodied in a single human being instead of realizing hey that's that's that could be us it's that kind of, that kind of like that ego that I was talking about earlier where it's like that's the other that's not me I'm obviously this thing instead of saying like you no. need to have contrast oh, to have exactly. experience exactly I I ha- the only way that I can know that that's bad is not because I or because like that's existing and I know that that exists in general and I want to avoid that and I'm, like we, we can only know that that's bad not because it's some other that is completely separate from us and will never be us but because that could be us and that we yes. need, we should be actively avoiding that we should be actively changing actively making ways that that is not going to happen oh yes. fuck dude <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> oh, yeah dude <laughs> Uh, one minute, one hour and 29, 29 minutes. That was it. Time changes when you're doing different things. Oh, dude. Ugh.